Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to connect Black, Brown, and Indigenous women who are interested in sustainability. Our goal is to inspire, encourage, and educate each other. From gardening, to thrifting, to minimalism, to veganism, and everywhere in between. We are all on a journey to taking care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Reading the ingredient list on the back of a body wash, lotion, or shampoo bottle will have you reaching for Wikipedia. Over the years, we've learned about the negative health effects of a poor diet and what we put inside of our bodies, but what about what we put on it? The average woman uses 12 different beauty products every day. And with most leading brands containing toxic ingredients like parabens, phthalates, and petroleum, our bodies are drinking up chemicals that cause cancer, infertility, and other chronic health problems. It's a little scary, but today's guest will give us some tips on how to transition our beauty routines to incorporate healthier products. But first, let's read a review left on Apple Podcasts. This one comes from Rightfully So. It says, this podcast is informative and practical. I learned a lot from listening to the episodes about how to live more sustainably. I look forward to more episodes. (laughs) Thank you so much for the review, Rightfully So. And remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that we can read it and you can have it highlighted in an upcoming episode. Now let's get back to the show. Today's Sustainable Brown Girl is Hannah McCall. She's an educator, a truth seeker, and a motivator to Black women seeking to put their health and success first. She created and founded Clean Beauty for Black Girls to create a platform for Black women to connect, find safer products, and support one another. As a fierce champion for justice and the elevation of Black women, She's working to make the connection between the toxins in our everyday products and the health issues affecting Black women on a larger scale. I'm so excited to have you here today, Hannah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So the question I always like to start out with is for you to tell us about how you became interested in sustainability and also to how you became interested in clean beauty, if they're related. They actually are related. (laughs) Um, And it honestly, it started with, I had LASIK eye surgery a few years back and I was just so freaked out about everything they said to be, you know, careful with your eyes afterwards. And I didn't wear mascara or eyeshadow for like twice as long as they told me. And then I started to look at the ingredients of things because I was like, oh, I don't want to ruin, you know, what I just paid thousands of dollars for. And it kind of made me, step several steps back and I was like wait a minute like this is insane that there's these bad ingredients that we're like putting right onto our eyes and I took that a step further just with everything that goes on in the life of black women and black people in general I just was like well if they're bad when they go on our skin what happens when we throw them away like where are they going? Are we being re-exposed to the, you know, chemicals in these ingredients? And it was kind of an aha moment where I stopped looking at sustainability as something you do because you love the earth. 
And I started looking at it as a health issue. Yes, absolutely. So when you started looking at the ingredients and the products, were you already interested in sustainability and like environmentalism? Yeah, I was a little bit, but I would say super passively, right? Okay. Like it wasn't, it wasn't something I talked about. It wasn't something that like the conversations didn't go any further than the ones I was having with my child to okay. be honest. So yeah. it was the, the whole world opened up. <laughs> right. So what types of things did you find when you were looking at the ingredients of these products? Um, as far as what? Like as far as the different um, chemicals and stuff in it, what was, what was the most alarming to you? The most alarming to me was parabens only because they show up in almost everything and like, including plastics, like, which again, like, it's just crazy to me. Like they show up in everything and it's, the most alarming thing about them to me is they've been categorized as safe to some extent because in each product they are like an allowable dosage but like that's great but what happens when I have the allowable dosage you know infiltrating my system times 10 throughout the day mm -hmm. <laughs> and then again we throw it away and it goes into our landfills and it's still coming back to us so yeah. And it's also to like, what is the allowable dosage? Like, is it okay just for me to use this one product? But then, like you said, everything has parabens in it. So yeah. I'm sure we're getting way more than the allowable dosage. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So then what led you to start Clean Beauty for Black Girls? You know, um, well, two things. One is I... I didn't have the knowledge and I think it's safe to say often when we walk into a space and we're the only one that looks like ourselves, you're not alone in it. There's other people that don't also, like they don't have the knowledge either. And so I just, it started as like a blog where I was just like, ah, learn with me. Like then I don't have to be alone. And then I started to realize that finding clean products is offered an, an deterrent to us using clean products. So I, um, I saw the opportunity to create a platform where I can connect with black women business owners who are already doing the work. They're already making clean products and they're making them for us. So I just, and that's always evolving. I'm like, well, clean beauty, you know, that evolves to just like a clean life, right? Like toxins are everywhere. They'd be our finances, our thoughts. So it's an evolving concept, but that's what happens when you put Black women in a room together, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when you started the blog, were mm -hmm. you mainly looking or discussing the topics in relation to chemicals in the products? Or did it start with here? Well, I guess you kind of said, or did it start with here are these different products that you can use? So it initially started as strictly education where I would take one product that we all use, or I would take one chemical that was in a product and I would just dive into it. I would start making the connection of black women using more products than our other peers in different demographics and us having more hormone related health issues and starting to dive into that. But now I've evolved to not just giving the bad news, but then also giving the good news of like, but here are some things you can use. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the harmful ingredients 
in beauty products aside from parabens that right. we should be looking out for? Um, another one is phthalates, and that usually comes with parabens. Um, and most of the ingredients that I think that I'm going to talk about deal with endocrine disruption. They encourage the growth of cancer tumors. Um, but parabens and phthalates, those are found in like your shampoos, your moisturizers, your deodorants. Um, fragrance is a huge one simply because it's categorized as a trade secret. So companies don't have to disclose to anyone, no regulation, no anything, um, what they use, what type of chemicals they use in fragrance. And fragrance is in literally almost every single product we buy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just crazy because we also don't have the research as to what it's doing because we don't have the information about the chemicals. Um, heavy metals are a huge one. We've got, we kind of heard about heavy metals back in the days of when lead was a big issue, but it like kind of stopped there. But like heavy metals are in almost any product you're using that has color. So like your eyeshadows, your foundations, your concealers, there's an element of heavy metals in them. It can be okay, but again, the testing just isn't there. Um, and the other one is formaldehyde. I think it goes without saying that that doesn't need to be in our products, but unfortunately it's in nail polish and it's in a large majority of hair products for us, so. Yeah, I've read somewhere that a lot of, um, products marketed to black women have some of the worst ingredients in it. Yep. They did the EWG, the environmental working group, they did um, a study, I think it's like three or four years old now, but they found that of the products they tested, 75% of them rated medium to high on a risk scale, like just wow. our product. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> That's insane. And really you can see the effects because, you know, the millennials and like Gen X have grown up on these products, you know, right. so I'm starting to see a lot of these effects, like, you know, with people having fertility issues, myself included, <laughs> where no, it's 100%. like, yeah. And it's like, you, 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 there's a direct correlation to the food that we eat and the products that we use that have these chemicals in it that cause cancer and, you know, these fertility issues or just, you know, um, endocrine issues in general. Yeah. And I mean, I, it even goes to like what we're using in the kitchen, right? Like what type of pots and pans we're using? Are you storing right. food in plastic? Like, but nobody, nobody told us that these were things that were going to, you know, cause long-term issues. Yeah. Exactly. And I think the reproductive one is such a huge one that is so easily categorized as a health issue, like as in you did something wrong, right? And it's just not like, I think it's like 70% of chronic issues and diseases are environmental, like they're caused by our environment. So it goes, it's worth looking into. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so then that kind of leads you to the question to why are these chemicals included in these products, especially in the US where, you know, we have the ability to do all of this testing and stuff, as opposed to um, the European Union where they have, you know, long lists of chemicals that they've banned. Yep. Um, 
do you think that the U.S. is making any progress with the, you know, the getting rid of some of these chemicals? So the U.S. on a large scale, no, not yet. Um, the FDA just had a hearing last fall, I believe, and where they were asking for the right to test chemicals and to hold companies accountable because right now they really have they have no ability to enforce legal restrictions it's really up to companies to do their own testing and to make the right decision and we <laughs> that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah <laughs> no they're not gonna do that like mm -hmm. but i will say um with california and the safe cosmetics act that they just passed they, um, I think that alone stand, well, let me say what it is first. So they passed an act that blocks the use of 24 different chemicals in any products. I think it's 2025 when they expect to actually implement it all. Cause you know, it takes some time, but they're not going to let you use PFAs, formaldehyde, parabens, things like that. And I think that as a they kind of set a precedent, right? And they also are creating a blueprint that's going to show companies you can still be profitable, you can still be viable, and still put the health of your customers first. And I think with them doing it, you hope that other states will follow suit. And, you know, then you have a whole coalition and strength to push for that legislation at a federal level. Exactly. So the Safe Cosmetics Act is only for California. Right. I mean, leave it to California to be like, you're not doing enough. <laughs> right. Exactly. We'll take care of it. But yeah, it's just for California. But I think it was a monumental case because nobody else has done it yet. And yeah. you can't, I think it's going to be hard for companies to have to adhere to these laws in California and then sell a lesser product somewhere else because you know, your customers are going to know now. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So, you know, there's been a lot of, with the, let's see, there's been a lot of talk about the chemicals in our products, of course. And I think a lot of people are starting to hold companies accountable for that, mm -hmm. where you see um, like the Love Beauty Planet, um, you know, products and stuff where these larger companies are kind of trying to make a response to the people complaining about all of these um, unhealthy ingredients. Do you think that having the, do you think that having people hold these com companies accountable is going to push them to make better products, even if there is no legislation? Yeah. You think that they will continue to make products? Well, products? so I think it's layered. I think that, um, and I'm, I'm not going to say any companies because I don't want to get in trouble. But I think that I was going to and I was like, uh, you're not that important. Be quiet. Um, uh, but I think the problem is we all know we have tunnel vision, right? So I think when we learn about a couple ingredients and once, you know, we've had that repetition of people telling us they're bad, they're bad, they're bad. Companies will remove that from the ingredient list or they'll just change the name on the back because a it's true. Because again, like with no regulation, there's nobody to tell you that what you're doing by listing, you can put 
like you can put fragrance free on the front and then list it as like aroma or essential oils on the back and it can still be fragrance. It's literally the same thing, but with no, you know, re repercussions, companies can do that and just completely dupe us. But I do think that with the evolution of the knowledge that we're getting access to, obviously we're going to know that as well and keep pushing back. I think the bigger push for companies to do the right thing is all of these smaller black owned companies who are doing it themselves and creating their own blueprint for what works. I think the pressure of that, the growth of that is gonna make bigger companies have to change. Absolutely, I 100% agree because seeing to how these, um, black owned companies and you know other companies of color women owned companies mm -hmm. are creating products that are better <laughs> and you no, know have yeah. yeah that are better than the leading brands i'm sure it does kind of put a fire under them where it's like it okay to. yeah but i mean it comes back to a lot of those companies are ran by white men and how do you possibly expect to create a product that we're gonna get excited about when we have somebody who looks just like us and knows what we need. Like, you're gonna to have to hire different people. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Now, what are some of your favorite clean beauty products right now? So um, that's what gets me really excited about this. Like, yeah. that's what excites me about growing this company is because I'm just inspired every single day by these women. Um, some of my favorites are M&A Essentials. I don't know how this woman does what she does, but it's gold. Like baby powder was a big thing for us, right? And she creates this powder, like living in DC, the swamp, like it's real humid in the summer. And <laughs> I just remember being like, the, the sticky leg life is not for me, but like, what am I supposed to do? And she sent me this body powder and I was just like, I made everybody I know smell it because everybody was floored but she's great. Sabrine Cosmetics, it's three sisters who lost their grandmother to breast cancer and created a lip line, um, a clean beauty lip line. They're amazing. Elements of Allele, she's um, more skincare based. And Aja Naturals, both of those two, like kind of like what you said, like they're just better products. Like I, the first time using some of these things in your head, you kind of naively think like, oh, I'm just, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's a small business. But then using them, it's like your skin is like, nope, no, this was made for you. Like, right. So that cocoa and shea butter, this is for you. Yep, exactly. <laughs> what are the ways that you find some of these companies? Um, well, I, Instagram is where <laughs> most of my communication happens, but anymore, they're finding me. And that's what I think is really exciting because. I can't find everybody, right? Right, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's exciting that they're taking over this clean beauty industry and finding me. I'm like, can you elevate me? Absolutely. Like, that's what I'm here for. So I think that's exciting. And I, I honestly, um, I got into clean beauty kind of side note because of Beauty Counter. And then I created Clean Beauty for Black Girls because we just needed our own space. Um, and I, but I will say that through beauty counter, I have found a lot of small clean beauty companies 
just because I think they elevate the conversation, right? Like they put it on the map. So, but Instagram is God. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, So what tips would you give to someone who is looking to start transitioning to a clean beauty routine? Um, The first thing I generally say is don't believe in perfection. I think a lot of us don't even get started because you just look at your cabinet of hair products alone or your skincare products and it seems overwhelming to even try. Like you're like, if I don't know now, I don't want to know. But I always just say um, EWG has a healthy living app where you can scan uh, the barcode on your products and it'll rate the product from like one to eight, I think. Yeah. So that's super easy to do. Right. And you'll be surprised. Like some things won't be as bad. Like I have a few things I'm not willing to give up because they're only a three. And I'm like, all right, we can deal with that for now. But my general suggestion to approach it is either take the three products you use the most and replace those with cleaner or do the scanning thing and find the two worst offenders in your cabinet, replace those. Or like, if you wanna be super passive about it, the next time you run out of something, replace it with a safer alternative. I think that's a really easy, slow roll approach to things. Yeah, I think those are great tips. For me, when I started transitioning my beauty routine, it was, it was also like you for the um, harmful ingredients. Mm-hmm. So the first things that I switched were my body wash. Well, actually deodorant. That was like years and years oh. prior. <laughs> prior you to said like, a word. I feel like if you do anything, please switch your deodorant. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of the worst things. Like there have been many studies that links aluminum and deodorant to breast cancer, Alzheimer's. So yeah. Right. One of I, the worst when I first started dating my boyfriend and I, the first time I was in his room and I saw he had a clean aluminum free deodorant, I was like, Oh Jesus. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know how you figured it out, but good job. Seriously. Yeah. And then I think also body wash and lotion are important too. Yeah. That's very true. Lotion for sure. Yeah. No. Cause <laughs> my mother-in-law recently got me some, um, lotion from Bath and Body Works. I, I knew like, you were going to say that. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no, I felt so bad, you know, no. telling her like, no, I don't, I don't really want this. I but know it's difficult. I get it. And like, that used to be the thing though, like all those different smells and this different seasons. And I'm just like, oh man, y'all really got us. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And the air freshener, the candles, and it's just all of that. It's just putting toxins into your home and your body. Yep. I'm surprised that they still are as big as they are. Right. I, I think the same thing too, but you know, I think sometimes we can be in a bubble Yeah, that's because, true. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we're back and forth. We're following all these people who are into clean beauty and environmentalism. And it's like, you know, how can these people still buy these things? But there's so many more people out there that we need to reach. So you having your platform and having this platform, I think it just helps to be able to give people like bite-sized ways to make changes in their life and also give them the information that propels them to want to make those changes. Because once you find out this stuff, it's really difficult to go back. I, I totally get that. Like I even catch myself, I ran out of conditioner the other day and I just had some conditioner that was 
that I replaced. And I was like, ah, oh. like, okay, whatever. I'm going to use it one time won't hurt. And just like the overpowering smell of it. I was just like, you're giving yourself cancer. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. So it's like, you're right. Like once you know, it's, it's so hard to like unknow it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Speaking of shampoo and conditioner, how do you feel about shampoo bars? So I love them. Definite learning curve. And you really have to find what works for you. And I think the best thing in doing that is whoever you're going to buy it from, just ask them. Like mm -hmm. they have the answers. So before you trial and error yourself, mm -hmm. just tell them about your hair, tell them what to use. But yeah, I like them. I haven't used a conditioner bar yet. Um, I don't know if I trust it, but again, that's just me not knowing. <laughs> right. But I definitely think like, if you're going to be a more sustainable person, that's probably one of the most effective things you could do. Like change your deodorant mm -hmm. and start using shampoo bars because that plastic is just, it has no place. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. All right. Now, last question is, how can anyone be more sustainable with their beauty routine? So I think two of the biggest things that I think, I know me and my friends have just wondered why we never did it before was get a reusable microfiber cloth to take your makeup off. Like mm -hmm. don't use the wipes. Like mother earth doesn't want that. Okay. <laughs> um, and like reusable cotton pads for like your toner. Those are a game changer too. Um, like we said, the shampoo bars, glass containers. Um, I think those are a big deal and actually refill them. A lot of companies are moving to glass containers that you can refill. And I think that's, that's such a game changer. Um, and like any tools you use, like I use a, um, like a exfoliating scrub brush. And for the longest time, I just completely overlooked it. And I found like a bamboo one on Amazon. Great. It'll last forever. Things like that. So it's, I think it's really simple. Just well, you can keep it simple. Once you just start looking around and being like, what's plastic? Let me start there. <laughs> yeah. And what am I throwing a lot away of? That too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like again, hair products. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. One other question I want to ask you is for Clean Beauty for Black Girls, what is your dream or what do you have planned for, um, for the future? So I was literally just thinking about this. So we are in the process of filing for our 501c3 status to become a nonprofit. Um, my dream is to, it's multi-layered. One, I want to have an annual conference where we elevate the game changers in the clean beauty and sustainability game. Um, and I want to create a, like, um, like a community where we can, where we can match angel investors with women trying to start these companies. Um, and then I also want a scholarship fund to be set up for young kids who, you know, their dream is to start a company of whatever in this space. So that's, that's where we're going. I'm just going to claim it. That's where we're going. Yes, that would be amazing. That's so exciting. I Thank hope you. that you can, you know, reach those goals and everything. But I mean, I really see a need for it. So I have right. no doubt that you'll get there. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. 
All right, uh, Hannah, where can everyone find you? Cleanbeautyforblackgirls.org. And on Instagram, we are Clean Beauty for Black Girls. Same with Facebook. And we also have a LinkedIn page. So Perfect. you can search the hashtag Clean Beauty for Black Girls. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us today, Hannah. This was really a great chat learning about clean beauty products for Black women made by Black women. So super excited to see what all you accomplish. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share it if you loved it and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram at Sustainable Brown Girl and check out our Facebook community. We would love to have you there. Until next time, let's continue to make healthy choices for the health of our planet and the health of our bodies. Thanks for listening.